Hello and welcome to the autumn 2015 season of Unreported World Podcast, presented by me, Krishnan Girimurthy. Bangladesh has the highest rate of acid attacks in the world, and many of the staff are survivors of attacks themselves. In this story of courage and hope, reporter Giles Dooley visits Bangladesh's remarkable Acid Survivors Foundation Clinic and meets Shumi Akhtar, a young woman who hasn't ventured beyond the corridor outside her hospital room since she arrived eight months ago. When I first met Shumi, she'd been living in this hospital room for eight months. She was too frightened to leave. This is the story of the two weeks I spent with her. I was surprised to find friendship, courage and laughter. More and more Bangladeshi women are working. It's liberating them, and some men can't cope. Bangladesh has more acid attacks than anywhere, and most are on women. I'm in the only clinic that specializes in helping victims. It's proud that some of its staff are survivors themselves. And they're taking me to meet Shumi Akhtar, one of their most complex patients. Thank you. It's okay. Hi, Shumi. Sit here. Hi, Hi Shumi. It's Giles. Hey, I'm Namshu. I've heard about you. I'm Shumi. Shumi is 18. The attack happened nine months ago. She hasn't left the clinic since she arrived. I like it very much that he is sitting beside me. I'm happy that someone's sitting next to me that's not afraid of my face. At first, Shumi could see, but the acid had burned her eyes and within a month, her vision faded. She desperately hopes it will return. Okay. Having had a life-changing accident myself, I know how hard it is to let go of your old identity. Shumi's battling anger and depression. My dreams have been taken away by the person who did this to me. On average, there's an acid attack every week in Bangladesh. Victims come to the clinic, the Acid Survivors Foundation, from all over the country. Shumi's from a northern town. She's a city girl. Poppy, show Giles the photos. The Queen, Her Royal Highness. <laughs> Shumi worked as a beautician and hairdresser. She saved up her wages to get professional photos taken for Facebook. So you like modelling? 
Yes, I was very keen to be a model. I was passionate about it. You will be mesmerized by my dance moves. <laughs> Just a few months ago, she was like any normal teenager. She was working in a beauty parlor. She was interested in boyfriends. She was updating her Facebook profile. It's just hard to imagine how one senseless act has left her like that. So who is this? They tell me it's her ex-boyfriend. He sent the picture the night before she was injured. He and four other men are now in prison, accused of the attack. So he was your... Boyfriend? At first I liked him and he liked me, but I knew it wouldn't work and I stopped loving him. If I wore makeup, he would get mad at me. He would insult me in front of other people. He would accuse me of dressing to attract other men. So you think he did this because he was jealous? Well, he proposed to me, and I said no. That's why he did this. Fewer than 10% of acid attacks are followed by a conviction. It's dinner time. One of the ward attendants is Leela Makatun, herself an acid attack survivor. Leela is determined to teach Shumi independence. It's key to the clinic's approach. Have you finished your food? Oh, she spilled her food everywhere. Do you see how she eats? Leela's own story is shocking. Aged eight, a man of 40 wanted to marry her. Her family refused and he threw acid on her. Lilama can see past Shumi's scars. Anyone touched with acid, even just a little, they know how horrible it is and how much of a struggle. You can't understand it unless it's happened to you. You know, for me personally, one of the most important moments in my recovery was actually meeting somebody else who'd lost their legs. It's really moving for me here to see how the staff uh, interact with the survivors. It's not like they see them as patients. It's, it's much more intense, and it's like they see part of themselves. They really want them to move on, to be able to start their lives again. We have to accept what's happened to us. I can't accept it. You have to. I can't accept it like you have. People think I appear strong, but I'm not. In time, you will become strong. You're very strong. In time, you will be strong. The team are worried Shumi's depression 
will get worse the longer she hides from the outside world. If they could persuade her to step outside the building, it would be a breakthrough. When I arrive the next morning, Shumi's having a counselling session. What would you want to do on your first day out? Would you want to sit somewhere? Therapist Juma Tasmin is trying to get Shumi to imagine a perfect day out. You will wear high heels, a top and skirt, sky blue nail polish and then? Then, if we like someone, we will flirt with them. And we will fall in love. And then? Okay, and then? We will see what happens next. We will be like flying birds, won't we? Don't you feel happy to imagine this day, feeling like birds released from the cage? Juma's cheek is scarred from when she was attacked age 13. She also remembers wanting to hide away. In the beginning, I used to think I had too many marks on my face. I would walk with my head down. The marks don't matter anymore. I know I'm human, and that's all that's important for me. You know, I think it's really hard for any of us to understand exactly what a big deal it is for Shumi to go outside. One of the things that really struck me was when she was talking about how she was always spending time doing her hair and her makeup, that she wanted people to notice her. And now that's her biggest fear. She knows that when she goes outside, everybody's going to be looking. I know how hard it can be to accept that you are permanently injured and scarred. So it doesn't surprise me that Shumi decides she's not ready to go out. Dr. Pushpuri Hussain is about to give Shumi a checkup. Wake up, Shumi. The doctor has come to see you. Hi, Shumi. Over the next year, Shumi's scars will slowly become less raised and raw. For the moment, though, they're still very painful. You need to put Vaseline on while I am watching you. God, you are so bossy. The pot will run out. Don't worry, you can have as much as you want. Dr. Hussein checks her eyes. Shumi's hoping the tests might show some improvement. If her eyes had been washed out immediately after the attack, her sight would have been saved. Instead, she was left lying on a doorstep. Can you see anything? I see light. You only sense light, don't you? I sense a light in the blur. Shumi had been able to sense some light. I'm hoping it's a good sign, but it isn't. No matter how softly you put it, you just cannot 
ignore the fact that she has lost it. She has lost her eyesight, and there is no other way around to put it. But she is blind, but she is not ready to accept that fact. Shumi is very low after seeing the doctor. I'm remembering my brother today. Her family are staying away. There's a stigma attached to acid victims. Many people think the girls bring it on themselves. They left me in the worst possible state. That's why I don't keep in contact with my family. I will die. If my eyes don't get better, I won't make it. I think it was really hard just talking to Shumi is obviously when you first meet her, the, the thing that, that you see is, is the scars on her face. But actually, when you talk to her, the, the, the pain is that she's just been abandoned by everybody. You know, she's lost everything. I think more than anything else, she just feels so alone. Lilama, Shumi's ward assistant, has invited me to her home near the clinic. Lilama was also abandoned by her family after her acid attack, even though she was just a child. Out of her 17 brothers and sisters, only two helped her. She never married. The Acid Survivors Foundation has become your family now. They aren't related to me, but they're the dearest people to me. But how do you go from being where Shumi is now to being where you are? We have to get on with life. It is better to accept things as soon as possible. I mean, the hardest thing for me when I got injured was everybody saw me differently. And they, they saw me as a disabled person. And I kept saying, I'm the same person. I haven't changed. That was the hardest thing for me, was, was accepting that people would always see me differently. We have to accept many things. People make cruel comments. But I don't care anymore. Shumi needs to have some new bandages fitted. Shumi, are you ready to go? Hand me my mobile. I want to take that with me. Her counsellor, Juma, has spotted an opportunity. She's going to make Shumi travel to a different floor of the clinic. I've only ever seen her in her room or the corridor outside it. I offered to take her in the lift. OK, here's the lift going up. Just going up a floor is an adventure. Thank you. A small taste of what it would be like to go outside. Four 
Which hand needs a bandage, Shumi? Tell them what you need. The staff hope that these pressure bandages will help Shumi face the world again. Over time, they flatten the scars. This is killing me. It will fit. Pull it, pull it. Are you okay, Shumi? Oh, Allah. Juma's ploy of getting Shumi to walk to another part of the clinic is working better than she hoped. Shumi's made a big decision. I'm going to go out for the first time in eight months. I'm afraid that people will be scared of me and I won't be able to see all the beautiful things. One day you will find everything will be all right. You'll be able to walk and do everything on your own again. We decide to go out tomorrow. Okay. Understand? I understand. <laughs> it's a plan. day of Shumi's big outing. Should I put this on for you? Yes, please. Okay, sit here. Juma is getting her ready. She's wearing makeup for the first time since the attack. Put the locket on top of the scarf. So, what's happening today? We are ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> Then we should go out and have ice cream. But minutes before we're due to set off, Shumi changes her mind. Shumi, are you sure you don't want to come out for coffee? I'm not going out anymore. No one can make me. We'll go somewhere nearby. I'm not going anywhere. I don't feel like it. She, she doesn't want to go out now? She won't go. What can I do to persuade you to come and have a coffee with me? Hmm? Hey? <laughs> That's the shoe me I know. You look so pretty, Shumi. Eventually, with the help of another patient, Poppy, we bring her around. Okay, I'll go. Oh my god. And we head out. We're going out, sister. Shumi's first trip outside in eight months. Shumi's skin and eyes are still so sensitive that she must be kept out of direct sunlight. We decide to drive to a cafe. Juma's promised Shumi she will be her eyes. On the right is a beautiful building. 
The name of the building is the Shivani Center. There's a woman over there. She's carrying a bucket of water. We're approaching a rich part of Dhaka. There's a street seller with towels on his head. He's trying to shoo the flies away. Okay. Ice cream, then? Ice cream, cover. It's all about the ice cream. Yes, that's right. Once the ice cream arrives, she starts to relax. It's something familiar when so much has changed. Soon she's her usual self and making fun of me. <laughs> We've witnessed a key stage in Shumi's recovery. It's been really good to see. Today was challenging, but we accomplished something. After she got back, she told everyone she ate two ice creams. She was so happy. The staff, who've rebuilt their own lives, have helped Shumi imagine a future. Through this pain, I realize I am brave. Maybe my eyesight has gone, but I still have my mind. As I left, Juma was comforting a new patient, another survivor at the start of her journey. The Unreported World podcast accompanies the critically acclaimed Channel 4 television series. Explore more by visiting channel4.com slash unreportedworld, where you can watch full programmes on demand from anywhere in the world. You can also join the global conversation via Unreported World's Twitter and Facebook pages.